episode of Cold Talk. I'm your host, Cole Martins. Thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or topics about the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe and or follow button to get alerts. When the newest episodes are released, you can find the follow the podcast on any major platform, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Deezer, and others as well. So make sure you hit the subscribe or follow, uh, follow button on any of those major platforms. Also, I want to thank my brother Landon Martin for the amazing artwork on the page. To see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at F R M R, excuse me, M R F A N C Y L A N. Again, that is M R F A N C Y L A N. Coming up on today's episode, where we talk about sports and all the major sports going on right now. Of course, all four major leagues in uh, in North America are going on right now. Uh, we'll start off with talking about the MLB playoffs as the World Series are set and ready to go as we have crowned an NL and AL champion. We'll talk about last week's key games in the NFL and in college football. The NBA season has began and we're talking about the top games from the first week of the season. NASCAR's Round 8 went through Homestead, Miami as we are down to two races to go on the season. One final race in the final round of eight before we crown our championship four. The UFC 280 is in the books. We'll talk about each one of the fights on the main card. And a new fight league possibly coming to the World Sports that you can gamble on as well. As We'll go into detail a little bit on that one in a little bit. Uh, again, a uh, great week in sports. We have the NBA starting off uh, the, this previous league, like I mentioned. NHL is going on right now as well. So I also have, again, college football and NFL going on. NASCAR wrapping in and ready to wrap up their season. And another uh, sport that is getting ready to wrap up their season as well is the Major League Baseball as they are now ready for the World Series as we have found out the two teams that will be heading to the World Series. And we'll start off with the National Champion League Championship Series where the number six seed, the last seed in the playoffs and the last team to clinch a playoff spot this year was the Philadelphia Phillies who will advance to the World Series as they beat the number five seed San Diego Padres four to one in that series. Uh, we'll talk about each one of the games here going through the series. We'll start off with game one. Uh, Phillies were able to pick up the win two to nothing. Uh, starting pitcher Zach Wheeler, who's looked very impressive so far in these playoffs, uh, had another great game here. Seven innings pitch, one hit, zero earned runs, and eight Ks as left fielder Kyle Schwarber and designated hitter Bryce Harper each hit a home run in that game as well. So the Phillies t- start off taking a, a 1 0 lead in the series, but the Padres would bounce back in game two as they'd win 8 to 5. First base in Brendan uh, Drury went two for four with a solo home run and three RBIs. Also, designated hitter Josh Bell went three for four in this game with a solo home run and two RBIs. Then we go over to game three where Phillies would take control once again, winning four to two. In uh, second baseman Gene uh, Sirurga, uh, Sir, uh, Sierra, yeah, excuse me, I did Sierra. Uh, one for one for three, two runs uh, single in the fourth. And third baseman Alex ba- uh, Boom and Schwarzer each had RBI in this game. And starting pitcher Ranger uh, Suarez went f- had through for five innings, two hits, one earned run, and three came uh, three Ks. In game four, Phillies win that high scoring game, ten to six. First baseman Reese Hoskins went two for four in this game, two home runs, both being a two run homer with four RBIs in the game. Doesn't hit Bryce Harper went two for four, two RBIs with two doubles, and catcher T- uh, JT Remoto and Swarver. Each had a home run in that game as well. And we are wrapped up in game five where the Phillies would come back and win this game four to three. Designated hitter Harper went two for four in this game with a two-run go-ahead homer in the eighth to give the Phillies a lead. And the first base, Hoskins also went one for three in this game, a two-run homer in the third. So the Phillies going to the World Series here once again. Uh, this will be their eighth World Series. They've won two previously in 1980 and in 2008. They also lost their last appearance in 2019. And the NLCS MVP in this one goes to Bryce Harper, who's had an incredible playoffs so far this year, batting a 439, which is 18 for 41, six doubles, five home runs, 11 RBIs, 10 runs, and 11 posts in the games. He's also hit in 10 straight posts in games and reached base in each one of those games as well. Uh, so great job by uh, Bryce Harper in this one. Uh, again, a great player throughout these years. Just never had a chance to get up to the big stage. Now he's going to finally get his chance to be in the World Series. And also, the Phillies become the first team to finish third in their division to advance to the World Series. Of course, I believe this is the first or second year that they have uh, added these five, uh, adding a six seed to the playoffs. 
So uh, again, uh, it gives a chance for a th three seed to make it into the playoffs. Uh, so again, congratulations to the Phillies for turning it on when they needed to once they got in the postseason. Uh, now only having one loss in this postseason, they went 2-0 and oh in, in their wildcard games as well. So Phillies advancing to the World Series as the NLCS champions. And then we head over to the ALCS where the Houston Astros, the number one seed in the AL, was were able to sweep the New York Yankees 4 to nothing. Game 1 ending 4-2. to two. Shortstop and rookie Jeremy Apena went 3-4 for four to have a solo home run in the 7th. First baseman Yulia Gurley uh, and uh, catcher Martin Meldonato each had a solo home run in that game. Also started Justin Verlander through for six innings, three hits, one earned run, and 11 Ks. And now with that, uh, those Ks, he became the, the first, uh, the leader all time in career postseason strikeouts with 220. So he'll be able to add on to that a little bit as well, possibly during the World Series. So a great game one for the Astros in that one. Game two, they would win three to two. Third baseman Alex Bergman, two for four in that game with a three-run homer in the third, and that was all they needed to win this one. Starting pitcher uh, Fredber uh, Veldez had seven innings, four hits, zero earned runs, and nine Ks. Then in game three, the Astros would win dominantly five to nothing. Uh, and the center fielder Chaz uh, Mark Cormick went two-home run homer in the second. Uh, catcher Christian uh, Velquez had a two-run single. And starting pitcher uh, Christian uh, Jarvis went five in one-third innings, one hit, Three walks and five Ks and that victory. And then game four, the Astros had to come back on that one as they win that one. Six to five. Switch that Pena went two for four. Three run homer in the third inning to tie the game up. And also had two runs in the game. Designated hitter, uh, Jordan Alvarez went two for four in this one. An RBI single in the seventh to tie the game up. And then third baseman, Bergman, went one for four in the game with an RBI single to take the lead in the seventh. And that's where it would stay as they would win that one. Six to five. As the Astros go to their, win their second AL pennant. Uh, in a row, and this is their fourth pennant in the last six years, the fifth pennant in team history, with only one World Series, which happened in 2017, which we all know what happened in that World Series. Of course, the famous trash can uh, banging to steal signals, uh, which ended up getting the, the Astros in a lot of trouble, but then have been able to keep on ha uh, putting on good teams for the, even after that. So again, uh, another impressive run here for the Astros. And now the Astros have eliminated the Yankees four times in the past eight years, so the Yankees pretty much are proven, like they mentioned in the post-game show at the ALCS, that the Astros are pretty much the Yankees' daddy. They are just been playing absolutely incredible uh, so far this year, uh, throughout these years against the Yankees, and they just keep on doing it year in, year out as Astros once again eliminating the Yankees. Also, your ACLs MVP is Jeremy Pena, who had an absolutely incredible series. Uh, like I mentioned, this one, he had uh, so many great games. It seemed like every game he had a big play. Like I mentioned, in game one, he had a solo home run. And that one going three for four. He also had that big home run in the game, uh, big game in game four, where he had three run homer in the third to uh, help him tie that game up. So again, Pena, uh, the rookie has looked absolutely incredible so far this uh, postseason and continues to do it. And Dusty Baker in his 25th season will reach his third World Series, looking for his first World Series as a manager. So Dustin Baker can finally get the final achievement done on his list. But of course, going to the World Series is not the best thing for Justin Verlander. As in his career, he is 0 for 6 in the World Series and 7 starts. Uh, will most likely get the uh, ball in Game 1 to start that game. Uh, and also, he's about to most more than likely win his third Cy Young as well. So will Justin Verlander be able to add that off his list and say he's won a World Series game as a starter? So we'll have to wait and see when the series starts on Friday. But this should be a very fun series to watch. It'll be pretty much be the Houston's pitching versus the Phillies batting. Phillies uh, bats have been hot all so far this postseason. As well, but for the Astros have been an all-around team so far this postseason. They can hit when they need to. They can pitch when they need to. It's uh, been a very impressive Astros team. Uh, this will be a fun series to watch. It'll be interesting to see who's going to win this one at the end. Uh, but my prediction at the end of this one, I think the pitching will be able to do enough to be able to stop this Phillies team. I think this game series will go to six games. But I do believe the Astros pick up the win in this series. And they will pick up their second World Series in team history. Uh, the first one that seems like it'll be legitimate for this team in history. But overall, I do think the number one seed in the ALCS and the AL, the Houston Astros, will beat the Philadelphia Phillies in six games in the World Series. And one little bit of news coming out of Major League Baseball this week is the Texas Rangers have hired uh, Bruce Bucci as their new manager to a three-year deer deal. Excuse me. Uh, his career as a manager, he is 951 and 975. He had 25 years of uh, managing experience, 12 years of San Diego Padres from 1995 to 2006, 
and 13 years the Giants through 2007 to 2019. Uh, in his career, he's won three World Series the Giants, and that was in 2010, 12, and 14. He's won four pennants in his career. He won one with the Padres in 98 in the NL as well. And he was also the manager of the year in 1996, also with the Padres. So we'll see if Abachi will be able to do anything for this Texas Rangers team and turn them around and try to get them back into the postseason. Now we'll head over to the NFL in week seven of the NFL. Not a lot of major games happened this week, but some interesting ones at, for the, at least, as we'll start off with the biggest game of the week, which was the Tennessee Titans who were able to beat the Indianapolis Colts 19 to 10 to remain on top of the AFC South. Titans moving to four and two on the season. Running back Derrick Henry leading the way with 128 yards. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill with 132 yards passing in a fumble loss. He was actually injured at one point in this game. Uh, which brought out rookie uh, Malik Willis. As we, I don't know how much serious the injury is for Tannehill, but I believe Willis did finish out the game, even though he just handed it off the whole game. Uh, but Willis did come into this game at one point. Tight end Austin Hooper, led receiving with three receptions for 56 yards. And the one and lonely touchdown in this game went to safety Andrew Adams for the Titans, as he had a 76-yard interception return for a touchdown. And kicker Randy Bullock was kept busy through this one as he went 4-4 four for four on field goals. And for the Colts, they moved to 3-3-1 three, three and one on the season. Quarterback Matt Ryan went 33 for 44 for 243 yards. One touchdown, but two interceptions. Wide receiver Paris Campbell with 10 receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Jonathan Taylor with 58 yards rushing. And wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. with six receptions for 58 yards. There's also news coming out of this week that Ryan, Matt Ryan will not be playing this coming week. As starting will be Sam Ellinger, as according to head coach Frank uh, Reach. As uh, the questions were, is if Matt Ryan was injured, or if he's getting benched, that is what uh, they were saying that he was injured at the end of that game. Uh, so we know uh, Ellinger will be the starting quarterback for the Colts next week. Uh, but the question is, what is the future holding for Matt Ryan? Is this possibly the end of his run as the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? That's something we're just going to have to wait and see on as time goes on here. But the Colts will have a new starting quarterback starting next week. And the, probably the, one of the biggest surprises on the year so far is the Seattle Seahawks. As they were able to beat the Los Angeles Chargers 37-23. So Seattle now moving to 4-3 on the season. And with that win, actually putting them in first place in the NFC West, which is very shocking. Uh, running back Kenneth Walker, their third filling in for Penny after his injury. Uh, I believe that was a couple weeks ago now. Another great game for Walker. 168 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Also, quarterback Geno Smith looking very impressive so far this year. 20 for 27, 210 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Why does your Marquise uh, Goodwin having a great game? 67 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And kicker Jason Meyer went three for three on field goals in this game as well. Also, uh, wide receiver DK Metcalf was injured his knee during this game early and was knocked out of the game. Uh, from the sounds of it, from what Pete Carroll is saying, he should be back at practice sometime this week. So it sounds like his injury was nothing too serious, just to kind of make sure he... He is uh, safe to play this coming week as well. And for the Chargers, they now drop to 4-3 on the season. Quarterback Justin Herbert, 293 yards passing, two touchdowns and interception. Running back Austin Eckler had 12 receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Also had 31 rushing yards. Wide receiver Mike Williams with seven receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown. He would end up suffering an ankle injury in this game. was looking that like he will be missing some time after that injury as well. So it'll be a big loss for the Chargers in this one, and tight end uh, Gerald uh, Everett with five receptions for 63 yards in this one. So again, Seattle, the Seattle offense continues to keep on rolling. This team has looked very strong so far this year. Yes, the defense has not been a major help. This defense has been allowing points, but this offense just keeps on getting 30-point games, it seems like, every week, every week, it seems like. So the Seattle team continue to look strong so far this year. Again, leading the NFC West now. As for the Chargers, they were looking to keep with the uh, Chiefs. As they were tied with them uh, with a 4-2 record coming into this week, now they dropped to 4-3, and three, so now they will be a game back of the Chiefs uh, going into next week now. So we'll see if the Chargers can turn things around and try to get back into the division race. And now for the next two games, we got to talk about two older quarterbacks that just seem like, some, for some reason, are just struggling so far this year. And we'll start off with the Carolina Panthers beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what was the biggest upset of the week, 21-3. As Carolina going 2-5, uh, make, now making the record 2-5. As running back Deontay, Deontay Foreman went for 118 yards. 
Quarterback P.J. Walker with 16 for 22 for 177 yards and two touchdowns. Why does it be D.J. Moore having his biggest game of the year? Seven receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown. Running back Chubba Hubbard with 63 yards rushing. And tight end Tommy Trumbull with a touchdown in this one. And they have announced that Walker will be the starting quarterback next week, even though Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are supposed to be healthy. So Walker getting a big win this week has now earned the starting spot for another week. So congratulations to P.J. Walker on that one. And for Tampa Bay, now they drop to 3-4 and four on the season. Quarterback Tom Brady threw for 290 yards in this one. Whereas for Mike Evans for 9 receptions for 96 yards. Should have had a lot more yards, but... He ended up dropping a wide, I mean, wide, wide open pass early in this game. That would have went for an easy touchdown. So a big uh, shot to the Tampa Bay team on that one. And then they really couldn't do anything after that. Tight end uh, Cade uh, Auden and four receptions for 64 yards. And running back Rashad uh, White led the backfield with 24 yards. And this is the first time Tom Brady has been under 500 after week seven since 2002. So his third year in the NFL, it was in his second year as a starter, he, this is the first time he's been under 500 since then. He's never been under 500 after week eight. So if he loses again next week, uh, that could be a new for Tom Brady, which is very shocking. Uh, but again, this this Tampa Bay team has just not looked good. It's been very, very weird how weird off this offense has been. I don't know if it's Tyler. I haven't really been able to watch any games of the Tampa Bay this year. Only Tampa Bay game I've watched is the first one of the year, which they looked all right in them going against Dallas, which... Dallas is a great defense, so I don't know what's happened to this Tampa Bay team, but there's a lot they need to figure out here, and they are coming up on a short week, so they're going to have to figure it out real quickly. Also, one little th- quick thing to mention, uh, this thirty, this uh, 21-2-3 game was the first time the score has happened since 2010. That is according to Scorami Twitter. Uh, so again, a very rare score we didn't haven't seen in over 12 years. But the other quarterback that has struggled this week as well was quarterback Aaron Rodgers, as his team would lose to the Washington Commanders 23-21. Washington now goes to 3-4 and four in the season. Washington also having a backup quarterback in this game. as quarterback Taylor uh, Heineke threw for 201 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin had five receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. Running back Brian Williams Jr., 73 yards rushing in this one. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel with five receptions for 53 yards. Running back Antonio Gibson with the receiving touchdown as well. And kicker Joey Slay with 3-4 for four, uh, on field goals in this game as well. Slide, I should say, not slay, slide. And for Green Bay, they also now dropped a three and four on the season. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, 194 yards and two touchdowns. Where's your Alan Lazard? Six receptions for not 55 yards. Running back Aaron Jones had nine receptions for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Also led the backfield with 23 rushing yards. And linebacker Deva, uh, Devondre Campbell with a 63 yard interception for a touchdown for the Packers. So again, Green Bay just cannot get things figured out. They now have a losing record on the year. Again, another team that is shocking to see have a losing record at this point with Aaron Rodgers under control of this team. So a lot of things need to get figured out by Green Bay here soon. They now have a big Sunday night game coming up this week, which we'll go over here in a little bit. But for Washington, a great win for them. They may have found their uh, new quarterback for this year as Carson Wentz has been struggling all year long. Heineke looked like he had the offense going throughout this game. He was able to do enough with this offense to pick up the win in this one. So I'll, I'll, we're not to see if Heineke can keep on doing this. If he does for a couple more weeks here, uh, when Carson Wentz comes back from injury, we might see Tyler Heineke being the new number one QB in Washington. But again, another great win for Washington. See if this might be able to turn their season around. Uh, but again, the Packers suffer a loss to the Commanders 23-21. to and we, now it's headed to week eight. The big game's coming into week eight this week. And again, like I mentioned, Tampa Bay, they will be at home taking on the Baltimore Ravens, who are at four and three on Thursday night football. So this is, has to be pretty much a win game. Big, They have to win this game. I feel like the Buccaneers need to. They want to turn their season around. If not, this might be in a very dangerous spot for the Buccaneers. So we'll see if they're able to turn it around on Thursday night football. Then we'll head into a battle in the AFC East as the New England Patriots, who suffered a loss on Monday night football. And now at 3-4, and four, we'll take on the New York Jets at 5-2. and two. Uh, Pretty banged up Jets team, which we'll go over here in a little bit. That game will be at 1 p.m. Then a pair of games at 425 as the 3-4. and four, San Francisco 49ers will take on the Los Angeles Rams at 3-3 three and three, uh, in a battle in the NFC West. Also at 425, the New York Giants, who are shocking 6-1 so far this year, will take on the 4-3 and three Seattle Seahawks at at again, that game at 425. So two surprising teams now going head-to-head. Who will keep that... Momentum rolling for these two teams. 
And on Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers at 3-4 will take on the Buffalo Bills at 5-1. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. That should be a fun game to watch on Monday night football. Now let's talk about some of the news that happened so far this week. And like I mentioned, a very deflated Carolina Panthers team was able to pick up a win against Tampa Bay this week. Uh, and they also ended up trading away their running back, Christian McCaffrey, earlier that week as he was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a 2023 second, third, and fourth round pick and a fifth round pick as well in 2024. So the question is, this is a good deal. I think this works out for both teams because Carolina now gets a lot of draft stock able to build up in their team here in the future. They know this team is not capable of winning a championship right now. Uh, they need to get some... Uh, better pieces onto this team and of course getting these draft picks will be a major help and they picked up a win without McCaffrey so that's a big sign uh, as well against the Buccaneers so a, a good sign I should say for the Panthers so this team's still showing some fight even though they, even though they are losing their star player on the team so we'll see uh, how McCaffrey will be able to do for the 49ers who did end up playing this week a little bit they did suffer a loss this week as well uh, against the Chiefs but uh, McCaffrey already starting to get into the lineup here for the Niners, so we'll see as his how his role will build up as the weeks go on here. Uh, but overall, I think this deal works out for both teams. Kind of surprised the Niners would try to make this deal because they had seemed like a lot of good running backs. They had Jeff Wilson. Uh, they have uh, quite a few other running backs. I know some of them are hurt, uh, but they have uh, quite a few running backs in the backfield that can do some damage. So now they're adding McCaffrey to that backfield as well. So we'll see what this uh, Niners offense is going to look like here with McCaffrey in there. But again, that's something we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what this could lean for the backfield for the Niners. But again, McCaffrey heading back to where he played college too, Stanford, back to California, as he is now on the 49ers. Also, the New York Jets have found out that running back and rookie running back Brees Hall is out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, currently, probably right now, looking like he could be on the rookie of the year as so far this year, he had 463 rushing yards, four touchdowns, also 19 receptions, 218 yards, and one touchdown. So a big loss for the Jets, but they were able to acquire a running back after this injury. Uh, I believe this trade happened on Monday. The uh, Jets acquired running back James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a six-round pick that is from multiple sources. So Jets adding a running back back now. So we'll see how Robinson will be able to do for the Jets. Uh, pretty good running back throughout the years for the Jaguars. Uh, of course, the Jaguars have e uh, Travis Etienne right now. So uh, Robinson kind of stuck in that backfield as a second back. So now having a chance to be a starter once again here for the Jets for this season. So we'll, we'll see what happens to him after this season as well. Also news from the Jets. The uh, wide receiver Corey Dave has suffered an MCL sprain. That's according to Sleeper. So we'll see if that will knock him out of action for a little bit as well. Uh, other injury news throughout the league quite a bit to talk about here. Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson, who was dealing with a partly torn hamstring, uh, had to miss this Sunday's game for the Broncos. And he also could be missing multiple weeks, There's uh, people are saying, according to Adam Scheffler at ESPN. So could be a big loss for the Broncos losing Russell Wilson at quarterback. They're over $200 million guy. So we'll see when Russell Wilson will be able to get back, even though he's been struggling this year and not living up to his hype on uh, the Broncos team. Also, Arizona Cardinals, uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown has been placed on IR and will be out for at least a month of a foot injury, according to uh, Cliff Kingsbury. So a uh, big loss to this Arizona Cardinals team who just added Robbie Anderson for the pa uh, Panthers and also just got their star receiver back in DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, Brown would have been a great piece to add to that offense and make that offense pretty powerful. But again, he'll be out for at least a month. So we'll see, we'll see him back for probably week 12 or 13. Baltimore running back J.K. Dobbins expected to have a uh, orthoscopic knee surgery next week that would sideline him for four to six weeks. That is according to sleepers. So a uh, uh, big loss for the Baltimore Ravens in their backfield losing Dobbins. Uh, we'll see what how that will affect this team here as time goes on here. Even though Drake did have a great game uh, the last couple weeks here for the Ravens. So we'll see if he'll be able to keep that going in the backfield for this Ravens team. Cleveland Browns tight end David Najoku was wa seen walking in blue after the game and has announced he has had a high ankle sprain. So he'll be out two to five weeks. That is according to Sleeper as well. So a big loss for this Cleveland offense. As it seems like Najoku was one of the major receivers for this Cleveland team throughout the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what kind of effect that has on the offense as he'll be well, as he is out. Again, they'll be out for two to five weeks. Also, the Chargers haven't found out that they have lost cornerback J.C. Jackson for the season to a ruptured uh, Pertel tendon. So a big loss for uh, the Chargers defense as they lost their star cornerback Jackson for the remainder of this season. Also, Baltimore Ravens have signed wide receiver Deshante Jackson. It's according to Adam Scheffler and ESPN. I believe this will be his 15th season in the NFL now. So Deshante Jackson may be bringing some just veteran presence 
to the Baltimore Ravens team. So we'll see what he'll be able to do over there. Uh, also, Detroit Lions wide receiver DJ Clark has been put on IR. That is according to ESPN. So a guy who the Lions are hoping to sign to a one-year deal to see Prada approve himself year. Now he is going to be out for at least four games for the Lions. Also, uh, other news, running back Todd Gurley has been reported that he has announced his retirement after six seasons. But he ended up sit, tweeting uh, earlier this week as well saying fake news. So there we don't know if it's true or not that he is retired. But it's from the sounds of it. It sounds like this might be fake news. But if it was the end of his career, he played six seasons of the NFL, ran for 6,082 yards, 67 touchdowns. He's a three-time pro, two-time All-Pro, and also 2017 AP Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Said those stats won't get you in the Hall of Fame, I don't think, even though he has had a great career. Uh, but again, a running back that had a very high point. We went to that Super Bowl against the Patriots where he just was a no-show for some reason. He wasn't even in the game. Nobody knew why. All of a sudden, he got one to the Atlanta Falcons, and that just seemed like the downfall of his career. Uh, so Todd Gurley, what an incredible start of his career in his first four years and just dropped off after that. So uh, wish, we'll see if Todd Gurley does come back to play or not. We'll have to wait and see. But again, uh, reports are that Todd Gurley is announcing his has announced his retirement after six seasons. And last thing to talk about, uh, NFL and Amazon Prime have announced they'll be adding a Black Friday game in 2013. Again, I find that the more kind of separation on the schedule, the better. I know a lot of people don't like the Thursday night football games. Players don't like the Thursday night football games. But as a fan, the more games we get to watch, the better, in my opinion. Uh, so we have, we'll, we'll probably, I don't know if we're going to have a Thursday night game that week or not, but if we have a Thursday or Friday game, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Well, we'll have Thursday games because of Thanksgiving, I should mention. So, yes, we're going to have Thursday games no matter what. Uh, so instead of having that Thursday night game, they're going to move it to a Friday night game. So I guess that works out again for the fans. We get an extra game on that week, so we can got games Thursday, Friday. Uh, big games happening on Saturday with the uh, final week of uh, college football regular season, and then Sunday as well, and Monday. So a lot of football will be able to watch that week on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So it'll be a fun week. I think it's a great idea. Again, get some more eyes on the NFL and give fans more games to watch. It's always a great idea, in my opinion. Uh, so again, great. Uh, be interesting to see how that Black Friday game will go for the NFL and what the views will be for that game as well. Now let's head over to college football where we had a couple of uh, big ranked matchups this week. And the first one we'll talk about is the number five team in the country, Clemson, being number 14, Syracuse, 27-21. Both these teams also come in this game undefeated in a battle in the ACC. So again, Clemson moving to 8-0 on the season. Quarterback DJ Ungalalele in this game won for 338 yards but threw two interceptions and lost the fumble. He would actually get replaced in the third border by Kata Klubnik, who went only 2-4 for four for 19 yards in this game. Pretty much majority of the second uh, time he was in, he was handing the ball off to an amazing running back, Will Shipley. As he had 172 yards rushing this game. Two touchdowns, but didn't have a fumble loss in this game as well. Running back, uh, Phil Maffa, went 94 yards and a touchdown in this game. Wide receiver, jo uh, Joseph uh, Nagata, went three receptions, 50 yards. And tight end, Davis Allen, three receptions for 50 yards. Uh, Syracuse then moves to 6-1 and one in the season after suffering their first loss. Wide receiver Urund, Urund uh, Godston, and the second, ran, uh, caught six catches for 86 yards. Uh, quarterback Garrett uh, Schroeder had 167 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, also ran for 71 yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Sean Tucker, 54 yards and one receiving touchdown. And defensive back Jahad Carter had a 90-yard fumble return for a touchdown. Now, while both offenses did not look good in this game overall, uh, Syracuse was able to take advantage of turnovers and put points on the board. Uh, but in the second half, the Syracuse offense just could not get anything going. Uh, Clemson's offense couldn't get anything going for a while, too, but finally Shipley started taking control of this team. He was uh, marching his way downfield and was able to help Clemson take the lead in this one and hang on to it and pick up the win. Now, from what I've heard, uh, Uwe Angelolole will, sounds like, should remain the starting quarterback from what I've they were saying. Uh, it was more of a, just of a plan to kind of try to get something going on this offense, something something of a difference, kind of maybe Uyelangale uh, to see the defense and see what he maybe what he's been missing all game. Uh, but from the sounds of it, uh, do expect to see Uyelangale as the starting quarterback next week for the undefeated Clemson Tigers. But we'll head over to, uh, before we go over to the next game, let's talk about Syracuse for a little bit as well. What an incredible start of the season they had going 6-0, a team that a lot, of, a lot of people expected to be at this point. They gave Clemson all they could handle on the uh, as Syracuse was on the road in Clemson, one of the toughest stadiums to play in. So uh, incredible job by the Syracuse team. We'll see if they can keep things growing here for the next like, their final five games of the regular season here and possibly see if they can still earn a shot in the ACC championship game. 
Next, we'll head to the Pac-12 as number 10, Oregon, was able to beat number 9, UCLA, 45-30. Oregon now moving to 6-1 in the season. Quarterback Bo Nix going 22-28 for 28 in this game, 283 yards and 5 touchdowns. What is he for Troy Franklin with 8 receptions, 132 yards and 2 touchdowns. Quarterback Buckley Iving with 170 yards rushing, also 3 receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. Running back Noah Whittington, 73 yards rushing in the game for him as well. As tight end Cam uh, McCormick, uh, Terrence uh, Ferguson, and running back Jordan James each had a touchdown in the game. And for UCLA, they now have suffered their first loss of the season. They moved to 6-1. Running back Zach uh, Chavonet with 151 yards rushing and a touchdown. Quarterback uh, Darian Thompson Robinson, 262 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Wide receiver Jake Bobo, eight receptions for 101 yards and one touchdown. Running back Keegan Jones, one reception, one receiving touchdown in the game. And kicker Nicholas uh, Barmara with three, went three for three on field goals in this one. Uh, UCLA, grand, another great season beginning of the year. A lot of people did not expect UCLA to be undefeated after six games. Uh, took on a very good Oregon team. Did suffer a loss in this one, but again, they were able to somewhat hang in with them. They were down by three touchdowns at one point in this game, yes. Uh, but a good chance for UCLA to learn from this game, to get better from this game. And now we will see also how this UCLA team will handle their final five games of the regular season and see if they will possibly have a shot for the Pac-12 championship at the end of the season. Now, one major upset that happened this week was LSU was able to upset Ole Miss 45-20. to So a big 25-point win for LSU in the SEC play here as LSU now moves to 6-2 and on the season. Quarterback Jaden Daniels went 21 for 28 in this one. 248 yards, two touchdowns. Also had 121 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Running back Josh Williams, 76 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver DeRay Jenkins with two receptions, 51 yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver Mason Taylor with a touchdown as well. As Mississippi State suffers their first loss of the season as they move to 7-1. Wide receiver Malik Heath with eight receptions for 145 yards. Quarterback Jackson Dart, 283 yards and an interception. Running back Quinshawn Jenkins with 111 yards receive, uh, running and a touch, two touchdowns in the game. Wide receiver Jonathan Mingo with four receptions for 68 yards. And wide receiver Jordan Watkins with five receptions for 57 yards. So Old Miss uh, looked like we're getting close here to a major game coming up as they're getting ready to play Alabama here soon. Uh, looking to go in that game undefeated and see if they'd give a challenge to this Alabama team. They still could give a challenge, of course, to this Alabama team. But we're looking to be a high-ranked team going in that one, but it's not going to be the case as they have suffered their loss against them. Uh, that Alabama game, I believe, coming up here in a couple of weeks. If I remember looking at the schedule correctly. Uh, more Maybe more than a couple weeks here, I should say. Uh, about three weeks, maybe, I'm looking at now. Uh, either way, okay, in three weeks they will play Alabama, but a big loss here as now they will have to continue now to be an upward climb to try to get into the SAC Championship game. Of course, that Alabama game will be a big one for them in that one as well. But... Uh, Old Miss suffering their first loss of the season as LSU now looks to climb up the rankings and build some momentum as well as they got uh, Alabama coming up here in a couple of weeks. And the final game we'll talk about is number 8, TCU. They were able to beat number 12, uh, 17, Kansas State, 38-28 in Big 12 play. Uh, TCU now remains undefeated on the season at 7-0. Running back Kendra Miller had 53 yards rushing this game, two touchdowns. Quarterback Duggan had 280 yards passing, three touchdowns. Wide receiver Quinton Johnston. Four receptions for 74 yards on touchdown. Tight end Jared uh, Willie with five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver Darius Davis, one reception, 65 yards. That went for a touchdown. And for Kansas State, they now fall to 5-2 and two on the season. Quarterback Will Howard with 225 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, also a rushing touchdown. Running back Deuce Vaughn with 83 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Malik Noels with four receptions for 69 yards. Wide receiver Phillip Brooks, two receptions for 50 yards. And wide receiver Cade Warner and tight end Sammy Wheeler with a touchdown each in this one. So TCU continue to look impressive. Uh, easily right now, probably looking like the best team in the Big 12. Uh, it'll be interesting if they can keep the gauntlet going here and see if they can get to 12-0 and and undefeated in the regular season. If they're going to hang on and beat the rest of their Big 12 opponents. So we'll see if TCU will be able to keep it going here. But again, they remain undefeated and they go to 7-0 and on the season. And a couple other uh, major match, uh, ranked matches that happened this week. We'll talk about number 11, Oklahoma State, beating number 20, Texas, 41-34. And then number 6, Alabama was able to beat number 24, Mississippi State, 
32-6. As we go over to now the rankings, AP rankings from this week, the top six all remain the same where they were the week prior, as number one is Georgia, number two, Ohio State, number three, Tennessee, number four, Michigan, number five, Clemson, and number six, Alabama. TCU move up one spot to seven. Oregon also moving up a spot to eight. Oklahoma State jumps two spots to nine, and there's a tie at the 10th spot, which I didn't know that was even possible, but it can happen, I guess, as UCLA goes up two spots to 10, and also at 10 is Wake Forest, who are up three spots as well. And two teams will be joining the top 25 this week. Of course, LSU moves up in that top 25, moving up to 18th with their win against Ole Miss, and in 25th place is now South Carolina State. Getting kicked out of the top 25 this week was Texas and Mississippi State. And for the undefeated teams this year, we drop down from 9 to 6 as six teams look to remain unbeaten coming out of this week as two teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan. Of course, they meet the final week of the regular season for the Big Ten, so that could come down to an undefeated matchup possibly between those two. Of course, Michigan can't look that far ahead because they have a big game this week against an in-state rival. And Ohio State also having a big game this week as I believe they play Penn State, I believe it was this week. If I am correct, so that would be a major game for Ohio State. Yep, they play Penn State in Penn State. So again, both these teams got to keep their eye uh, forward coming into uh, this week. Also undefeated in the ACC is Clemson. Only team remaining undefeated in the Big 12 is TCU. And then two teams remaining undefeated in the SEC, and that is Tennessee and Georgia. So again, six teams remain undefeated. Will any more undefeated teams drop next week? We'll have to find out as we'll talk about the games to watch next week in college football. And I just mentioned one of those at noon. We have number two, Ohio State, heading to Happy Valley as they'll take on number 13, Penn State, one of the loudest stadiums in the country. So it should be a fun game to watch. That'll be on at, on at noon. Then at 3.30, we have number nine, Oklahoma State, kicking on number 22, Kansas State. Let's see if they can bounce back from their loss to TCU. Then at 7 p.m., we have number 19, Kentucky, taking on number three, Tennessee. Let's see if we'll see how Tennessee looks in this one against the ranked Kentucky Wildcats. And this is a fun one for me because I am from the state of Michigan. At 7.30 p.m. on primetime television, we have Michigan State taking on number four, Michigan. Usually always a fun game to watch, entertaining game to watch. So we'll see how Michigan can do against their in-state rival, Michigan State. Especially after suffering their only loss in their regular season last year to Michigan State. Also, some news coming out of college football. It's not really news, just something weird that happened, I guess, this weekend. As Weber State gave up an FCS record four safeties. All because of bad snaps on special teams and a loss to Montana State, 43-38. to That's incredible. I've never been thinking it would be possibly a four safeties in the game. Two, I thought, would be quite a bit into having a game. But four is just absolutely insane, in my opinion. And the fact they only lost this game by five points, too. So the safeties did cost them this game, allowing eight points off safeties. But... Uh, man, what a crazy stat that is. Having four safeties in a game uh, is absolutely incredible in my opinion, and not in a good way, of course. Uh, but again, crazy that they had four safeties in this one and only lost by five points. So again, uh, those safeties cost them this game as Montana State would end up beating Weber State. Now let's head over to the NBA as that season began uh, last Tuesday. As two games open the season, as we'll go over the top games from last week. We'll start off with the two games on opening night. As the Philadelphia 76ers end up playing Boston in that one. Boston ended up winning that game as I did not put a score on this thing. So I'll have to look that one up here uh, real quickly as that would be the score of that one. Would be 126-117. to 117. So Boston moving to 1-0 in the season. Uh, Jadison Tatum leading the way for this team with 35 points and 12 rebounds. Jalen Brown also having a great game with 35 points as Philly goes to 0-1. James Harden leading the way scoring with 35 points in the game. 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Joel Embiid also having a good game. 26 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists. And for the Golden State Warriors, they were able to beat the Los Angeles Lakers 123-109. The champions of last year's NBA Finals go to 1-0 on the season. Steph Curry leading the way with 33 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. Andrew Wiggins having a good game as well. 20 points and 6 rebounds. And for the Los Angeles Lakers, they go to 0-1 on the season. LeBron James leading the way with 31 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. Russell Westbrook having 19 points and 11 rebounds. Now we're head over to Wednesday where the rest of the teams in the NBA played. And the major game from that night was the Phoenix Suns beating the Dallas Mavericks 107-105. to uh, Suns at one point, I think, believe they were losing this game by 20 points. Were able to come back and win this one. The Suns go to 1-0 this evening. Devin Booker had 28 points and 9 assists. DeAndre Aiden 
18 points and 10 rebounds in that one. And for Dallas, going to 0-1, Luka Doncic, 35 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Christian Wood, 25 points and 8 rebounds off the bench. So a great job by Wood coming in this game, uh, getting some support for this Mavericks team. But again, just wasn't enough as they would suffer a loss to Phoenix. Now I'll head over to Thursday where the Milwaukee Bucks would end up beating these Philadelphia 76ers 90-88. to Milwaukee moving to 1-0 on the season. Leading the way is Giannis Antetokounmpo with 21 points, 13 rebounds, and 8 assists. Brooke Lopez also leading the way, scoring with 17 points as well. As this game would drop Philly to 0-2 on the season. Harden scoring 31 points in this game, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, and Embiid 15 points with 12 rebounds. And then in the battle in LA, the Clippers were able to beat the Lakers 103-97. Clippers now moving to 1-0 on the season. Paul George leading the way with 15 points and 10 rebounds. It shows how much they spread scoring around in this game. As I believe there's at least 7 players that thought were over 10 points in this game, if I remember looking at that correctly. But uh, scoring spread around quite a bit by the Clippers team. And then Ivic Zubats with 14 points and 17 rebounds in the game for the Clippers. And uh, uh, Lanier... Lene, excuse me, Lani Walker the fourth at 26 points in this game and James 20 points and 10 rebounds. And then on Friday, Denver Nuggets will be the Golden State Warriors 128 to 123. Denver moving to one on one this season. Uh, Nikola Djokic with 26 points, 12 rebounds and 10 assists. Bruce Brown with 20 points and assist, five assists in this game as well. Golden State going to one and one on the season after suffering their first loss in this one on Friday. Curry 34 points and five rebounds, and Wiggins 23 points and eight rebounds. Boston pick up another big win on Friday as well as they beat the Miami Heat 111 to 104. Boston moved to two and zero after that win as Tatum would have 29 points, five rebounds. Brown 28 points in that game, and for Miami they dropped to 0 two after losing to Miami. Tyler Hero 25 points and six rebounds. Bam uh, Adeboyo with a 19 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. And on Sunday, the Suns were able to beat the Los Angeles Clippers 112-95. Phoenix moved in 2-1 on the season. Booker with 35 points in that one. Aiden with 13 points and 8 rebounds. And the Clippers suffered their first loss of the season, moving to 2-1. Marcus Morris Sr. with 22 points and 5 rebounds in that game. And George with 16 points and 7 rebounds. Now, games to watch this week in the NBA on Tuesday night. We'll have the Golden State Warriors taking on the Phoenix Suns. On Wednesday, the Brooklyn Nets will take on the Milwaukee Bucks. On Friday, New Orleans Pelicans have a pair of games to keep an eye on this week because they'll play the Phoenix Suns on Friday. And also, the Pelicans will play the Los Angeles Clippers on Sunday. But so far, we are only down to two undefeated teams remaining in the NBA. And that would be the Milwaukee Bucks, who are at 2-0, and the Portland Trailblazers, who go to 4-0 on the season. So I'm kind of surprised that Portland has remained undefeated so far. And then we have a total of four teams who have not picked up a win yet this year. That is the Orlando Magic, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Sacramento Kings, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, the biggest surprise one will be the Lakers, even though they did have to show their struggles last year as well. So we'll see if this Lakers team will at some point bounce back from that. But right now, they continue to struggle. Uh, so far this year. And some news out of the NBA. Uh, speaking of the Phoenix Suns just a little bit ago, uh, Chris Paul becomes the third player in NBA history to reach 11,000 assists here in his career. Again, those two players he is joining are Jason Kidd with 12,091 in his career and the leader, all-time leader, John Stockton with 15,806 assists. It just seems like that record is never going to be broken. Uh, what an incredible record by John Stockton having that many assists in his career. Uh, but again, Paul becoming one of three players in NBA history to reach that mark. And, you know, we all know that Chris Paul is going to be a Hall of Famer at some point when, his, when he finally calls it a career. Uh, but again, an amazing accomplishment for Chris Paul uh, to reach that assist mark. Now let's over to the NASCAR playoffs as they had went to the were in the round of two, race two in that round, as they had to Homestead Miami Speedway, where Carl Larson would pick up the win in this one, his third win of the season. I believe this is his first win at Homestead Motor Speedway in his career. Uh, so it's been a bouncy back and forth season for Carl Larson so far. Of course, getting kicked out of the playoffs in the round of 12. So you know he's happy to get a win uh, near the end of the season. Especially with everything that happened the week prior with him and uh, Bubba Wallace, who was suspended for this race. So, Ross, uh, Kyle Larson bounces back in this one and picks up the win. Uh, the top five for this race, uh, playoff driver Ross Chastain finished up in second. Third was A.J. Allmendinger. Fourth, Austin Dillon. And fifth, Brad Kozlowski. As the remaining six, uh, remaining seven playoff drivers finished outside the top uh, five. 
as those playoff drivers will go down in order of that one. Seventh was Denny Hamlin. Eleventh, uh, Christopher Bell. Twelfth, William Byron. Fourteenth, Chase Elliott. Seventeenth, Ryan Blaney. Eighteenth, Joey Logano. And finishing in last place in 36 in this race, Chase Briscoe ended up hitting the wall at one point, damaged his car, and taking him out of the race. Now, the playoff standings coming out of race two in the round of eight. Uh, in first place, Joey Logano, who picked up a win at Las Vegas, who locked up his spot in the championship four. Ross Chastain now in second with 19 points ahead of the cutoff line. Third is Chase Elliott, 11 points ahead of the cutoff line. And in the final spot, the being the round of four, championship four will be William Byron, who is five points above the cutoff line. So in fifth place is behind by five points is Denny Hamlin. Down by 18 points, Ryan Blaney. And then down by 33 points is Chase Briscoe in seventh. And in eighth place, Christopher Bell down by 44. So pretty much next week, Bell and Briscoe will more than likely need to pick up a win if they want to advance the championship four. Uh, Ryan Blaney is going to need probably quite a bit of help as well as he is quite a ways back between fifth and fourth place. So this could be a four-person race points-wise to see who is going to go into the championship four. So one person will be cut out of that one as sixth, seventh, and eighth will have to pick up a win if they want to advance uh, next week to the uh, in a couple weeks here to Phoenix to be in the racing for the championship. But next week, the Cup Series will head to the again, final race of the round of eight. We will figure out who will be racing for a championship at Phoenix after Martinsville Motor Speed, uh, Martinsville Speedway, I should say. As last year's winner of that race was Alex Bowman, and the winner in the spring was William Byron. So, a uh, Hendrick-dominated race, so that means twice maybe good news for William Byron, who could look, up, look for a win to clench his spot. Also, Chase Elliott, who is also part of Hendrick, so we'll see if one of those two drivers will be able to pick up the win at Martinsville Speedway. Uh, there's also some news coming out of NASCAR. Like I mentioned, uh, Bubba Larson was suspended one race after his incident of Kyle Larson at Las Vegas, where he intentionally looks like he it looked like he intentionally crashed. At least I won't say he did or didn't. Uh, but was that the right call? I believe it was. I believe uh, we see what happened Matt Kenseth when he crashed through Logano at Martinsville that one year. So yes, I believe that is the right call. I believe that was what needed to be done if we're crashing somebody and then getting a fight with them. Uh, Larson did not retaliate back against Bubba Wallace that whole time, too. I think that kind of helped him a little bit, but I don't think they would have suspended Larson at all. He may have got fined if he would have thrown a punch or something at Wallace. But again, Wallace has to spend one race. He'll be back from uh, Martinsville. So again, uh, a big loss for Bubba Wallace and kind of hurting his image a little bit as well, too, uh, with by doing that. So not the smartest idea by him to get in that fight. But again... He learned, hopefully he learned his lesson and will uh, take that now here into the future. Also, uh, Spite Motorsports uh, announced they were resigning Corey LaJoy and signing Ty Dillon for the 2023 season. LaJoy, so far through his NASCAR Cup career, has 198 races, only one top five, five top, uh, five top tens, and has led 57 total laps in his career. And Ty Dillon with two, 200 races in the Cup Series, two top five, seven top tens, and led 76 laps in his career. Again, uh, Spartan Motorsports, not a major team, one of those little teams. So you don't really expect this team to finish up front too often. LaJoy, of course, had a shot to win a race this year as he was uh, in the lead late at Atlanta, but got ended up uh, getting shuffled out of the way and hitting the wall, costing him that race. But again, a small team. Uh, knowing their drivers now for next year, we'll see how these two will do and to see if this team can continue to prove uh, going into next year. And also uh, some news coming out of NASCAR uh, since we are heading into Martinsville. NASCAR is expected to have a wet tire package for short tracks beginning next season. That is according to the J-Ski website. Uh, I like this idea. I think it's a great idea. I think it will be uh, very interesting to see if this will have a major impact in the sport because, again, it's good to have, be able to try to avoid these rain delays. I think these rain delays kind of hurt the sports sometimes because they get races get moved to Monday, Tuesdays, and possibly even Wednesdays. So uh, they have a chance to race on more in the rain more often. I think it'd be great. Uh, short track would be great to see how this would work. Again, this is just a rumor as of right now. But if NASCAR does do this, I would like the idea. I think it's great to kind of get these wet tires onto uh, round tracks instead of just uh, road courses. So we'll see how this works on short tracks. I'm guessing they'll probably have some testing at some point. I don't know how you test rain tires, I guess. I guess if you just throw water on the track and see if it works, maybe make a fake rain somehow. Again, not, I'm not, I made it out to see how they test these tires out. But we'll see if that is very true or not coming into next year in the NASCAR, uh, all the series for NASCAR. They'll be adding rain tires for each of those series. Also, I forgot to mention that Bubba Wallace did have a replacement driver this week. That was John Hunter Nemechek. He ended up finishing 27th in the race at Homestead. Now we'll head over to MMA, as in the UFC, they had their major pay-per-view last week on Saturday, and that was UFC 280. Uh, the major fight on the night was for the light heavy uh, lightweight championship, as the number four seed in that division, 
Islam uh, Makaja uh, ended up beating the champion Charles Oliveira uh, by second round submission and arm triangle to win the lightweight championship. So this is Makavechev's uh, first championship in his career in the UFC. So congratulations to him on winning that one. Uh, that moves his record to 23-1 and one in MMA. And for uh, Oliveira, he now moves to 33-9. and nine. So a very impressive win by Makavechev uh, as he is now the lightweight champion. And Baltimore Championship, uh, Aljamain uh, Sterling ended up winning his fight against number two, TJ Dillonshaw and by TKO, by punches. Uh, I believe that was in the I believe that was in the second round if I remember correctly. Uh, so Sterling goes to 22 and three record and remains the Belterweight champion as CJ Dillonshaw goes to 18 and five. Also on Belterweight belt, number 11 Shane O'Malley ends up beating number one Peter Yan by split decision. Uh, this O'Malley's record is 16 and one. Peter Yan to 16 and four. Uh, a lot of people seem like they weren't happy with the results of this match. There's a lot of people going on Twitter saying that this should have been Yan's match to win. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we possibly see a rematch in the future between these two fighters uh, and maybe UFC 83 or 84. We'll keep an eye on maybe see when those two could go at it. That could be a number one contenders match to see who could face uh, Sterling for that Belt-and-Weight championship. Also in a lightweight belt, uh, Benil uh, Darius would end up beating uh, Matazu's uh, garment in, uh, by United decision. Uh, Darius goes to 22-4-1 and, and also now in an 8-fight winning streak. He could be asked to be the next, next contender for that weight-weight championship. So we'll see if he will get a shot here sooner or later. And for uh, Gamrat, he goes to 21-2 overall in MMA. And the final card on the main card from that UFC 280 pay-per-view for the women's fly and women's flyweight, flyweight the number one uh, seed, uh, Caitlin uh, Kagan. I'm going to try to look at this one kick. Ku Kagan beat number six seeded Mangan by Ogo by unanimous decision. Ku Kagan goes to 18 and 5 overall in MMA as Fuogo suffers her first loss in MMA as she goes to 10 and 1. So, overall, pretty entertaining card for UFC 280. Again, two major title belts on the line of this one, one changing hands and one staying right where it was. And also, we're possibly finding out some possible number one contenders for both those matches that happen on the night as well. So we'll wait and see if there's going to be any announcements here soon on when those titles will be defended next. Uh, but again, we do have one title change as Makajde end up uh, winning the lightweight championship and Sterling retaining his belt and weight championship. Also, some news from the UFC. Jessica Andrade and Lauren uh, Murphy will meet at UFC 283 in Brazil on January 21st. That is according to MMA Fighting and ESPN. And Bo Nickel is out of his scheduled fight against Jamie Pickett in UFC 282 due to undisclosed reasons. That is according to MMA Junkie and ESPN. And now head over to soccer a little bit as the 2023 Women's World Cup draw was announced earlier this week. As the USA has found out their group as they'll be taking on a formal competitor, a big competitor in this one, and Netherlands in their group. They also have Vietnam and a winner of a playoff winner in group that in A, whatever. So whoever, I believe they have a playoff game that's going to come up here within this year that will determine who will be the in the World Cup in this group. Uh, but again, go back to USA and Netherlands. These two have uh, played each other quite a bit, and most recently in the World Cup, these two met in the finals of the 2019 World Cup, where USA were able to beat Netherlands 2 to nothing to win that World Cup. So, uh, again, that was the last World Cup, I should mention, as well, these two met each other. So these two now stuck in the same group. Uh, both these teams are the top five odd-wise to win the World Cup, which we'll go into that right now. USA is the favorite with two, uh, plus 235 odds. France is second with 285 odds. England with a 700 odds, Germany with 750 odds, and then Netherlands wraps up the top five with plus 1,200 odds. So, again, the Women's World Cup draw has happened. Of course, the Men's World Cup coming up here in November. I believe the Women's World Cup will be held in the summer in 2023. Uh, did not look up the location on that one. I was like, check that one here real quickly for these guys. But, again, uh, no surprise that the Women's um, United States team is the leading the... 
uh, over best overall odds to win the World Cup. Uh, the World Cup for the women's will be happening in New Zealand, Australia. So again, uh, that should be place taking place in the summer. I know the men's World Cup is not taking place when it, it usually does because of the heat. They want to have a cooled off or so that no one's suffering from any uh, bad like heat stroke or anything like that. So they're trying to avoid all that stuff. But again, the, in the 2023 Women's World Cup, USA will be in a group with Netherlands, Vietnam, and a playoff winner as well. Now, a couple of uh, other things to talk about here in sports and college basketball. Baylor's head coach Scott Drew says he is would like to see the NCAA tournament include another 60 teams amid talks of expansion. Uh, that would bring the NCAA tournament to 128 teams. Uh, my thoughts on this one is that it's just way too big. I think 68 is good enough. I think that is fine. I think you get all the teams that you need in the tournament at that point. Uh, adding another 60 teams just seems like it would be too much chaos, which, again, chaos is always fun. Don't get me wrong. It's always have good fun to have a lot of chaos, but, again, that many teams just seems like way too many. I think you're just throwing in a bunch of random teams at that point that don't deserve to be in the tournament. I think we are good at 68. I think 68 is the perfect number. Uh, no point in expanding it. Let's keep it where it is and just keep that as it is. Only, the only college thing that needs to expand their playoffs is college football, which they have announced that that 12-team playoff extension is going to be happening here, which I enjoy. I love that idea. I think it's going to be a great idea. I think it's going to be great for college football. But college basketball needs to stay where they are at 68 teams. Also, uh, in IndyCar, we'll go to Colton uh, here to sign a four-year extension with Andretti Autosports, which will keep him under contract till 2027. Uh, in his career, he has 65 races in IndyCar, seven wins, nine poles, 15 top threes, and 22 top fives. He's also the youngest winner ever in the IndyCar series, which he did, uh, won in 2019 at the age of 18. Also become the youngest pole setter in IndyCar history in 2019 uh, as well at the age of 19. A little bit after, a couple months after his birthday. So again, uh, Herda will be staying with Andretti Autosports. We'll see what he'll do in his career uh, with the team until 2027. And just one random sport that has just been licensed in the United States as UFC President Dana White has created a new combat sport, and that is slap fighting, which will be licensed athletically in Nevada, and it can be also gambled on in Nevada as well. And my question is, why? Why is this going to be a sport we can bet on? Why is this a sport that people are going to want to watch? I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of this, and it's absolutely insane watching these guys slap each other. I mean, these guys literally just have to stand there holding onto this table and let a dude that looks like his arms are the size of my body slap him across the face as hard as they can. And these guys just look like they're dying when they get slapped, so... Again, as much as it is can be entertaining to watch, it is very, very frightening almost watching these guys just get knocked out by a slap. Especially, again, by the size of these guys. It's absolutely incredible. And the fact this is now a licensed combat sport is absolutely insane. Because this, Is this even really a sport? It's more of a just take a hit and see if you can survive the hit pretty much kind of thing. So, again, a very weird thing in my opinion. But we've also seen a lot of other weird things happening around the world when it comes to combat fighting. Is they're trying to get creative with things. I've also seen, what was it in, I want to say it was over in Europe or maybe it was in Australia or something like that. There's phone booth boxing, which they literally get a phone booth. For those who have never seen a phone booth, look it up. Uh, majority, I hope the majority of us know what a phone booth looks like. But either way, they have, you literally put two boxers in a phone booth and let them fight in a phone booth. I, again, I don't know what other weird things we could possibly think of for fighting at this rate. We've seen over in, I think it was China or something like that. We've had like... Five-on-five five MMA fights where you knock someone out and it's just a non-stop until you beat everybody in that on that team. So we've been getting really creative when it comes to uh, combat sports. So I think we need to calm it down a little bit here. Let's take up MMA unboxing and just kind of try to leave it at that. Because once we get past it, it's almost like a pretty much gang fight at that point. It seems like where we just got people and doing some weird fights. I get we're trying to get more entertaining with things, but... I think we're going a little bit too far with things from time to time here. So again, if you didn't hear me the first time, slap fighting is a new combat sport in the world. This is something you can gamble on if you're in Las Vegas or anywhere in Nevada. So if you want to get interested in gambling on that and when the first event is, I did not look up when the first event is. I'll have to look that up here at some point here. Uh, but again, if you're looking interested in gambling on that, you can head to your casino or go right on line and do that if you are in the state of Nevada. So have fun with that, I guess, if you are going to are interested in watching some good old slap fighting. Again, a new combat sport that is now licensed in the state of Nevada. But that is all the sports I have to talk about here today. 
Uh, again, a lot of great action happening this week. We have the World Series now starting up this week. That's going to be fun to watch starting up here on Friday. We have some more college football and NFL coming up this week. Uh, excited to see how that's going to go. Of course, Thursday night football with the Baltimore Ravens and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can the Buccaneers turn around or is this Fishley maybe smelling the worst year of Tom Brady's career? We'll have to wait and see what happens on Thursday night. Uh, also, we have the Packers and Bills on Sunday night. Can Aaron Rodgers and the Packers turn around going against one of the, uh, actually, probably the best team in the NFL right now, the Buffalo Bills. Also, the NBA season underway. A lot of great games happening in that one as this, we get ready to go into week two of the NBA season. NASCAR are going to be wrapping up their round of eight and get ready for their final race of the season in next week as they will race this week at Martinsville. And the week after, we'll have our championship four and crown a champion at Phoenix um, Speedway. So we'll be interested to see who's going to, the four drivers will be in the championship four in that one. Last week, having a big UFC fight for the MMA. A uh, couple of one new champion and one maintain their championship. And we found out who the women's uh, USA team will be facing in the World Cup in 2023 in their group. And... Also, of course, a little bit of slap fighting we've got to talk about as well. Again, very, very intrigued by how that's going to go gambling-wise for a lot of people. But, again, a lot of great action to talk about this week. A lot of fun things to talk about as well. Uh, it's great being here with all you guys. And that is all the sports I had to talk about. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or topics like to hear on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys also say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and our follow button to alert you when the newest episodes are released. Again, that is on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, all, all those major pod, uh, platforms that you could have on your phone. You can find the podcast on there. Also, talk about the episodes we'll be talking about that I'll be doing this week. Uh, later on today, I'll have my WWE Raw uh, re- reaction to what happened on the show on Monday. On Wednesday, I'll be talking about Week 8 in the NFL, going over, over all the games from last week and talking about what's games, the games this week and my predictions for each of the games this week. Also, on Wednesday, I'll be talking about what happened on NXT. Thursday, we'll be talking about what happened on AEW Dynamite. On Saturday, we'll talk about what happened on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, if you if you thought I you missed the episode of SmackDown this week, it's because I did do an episode because I thought they'd have recording on uh, on demand. They did not, so I ended up missing that episode. So again, we'll get back to doing SmackDown this week, and hopefully I'll be able to do a WWE Rampage as well. Uh, so hopefully we'll get those both in there as well. But again, keep an eye on all those episodes coming up this week. Uh, hopefully we'll get those all out for you. Uh, again, hit the subscribe button to make sure you alert when all those episodes are released. Again, I'm your host, Cole Martins. Thank you guys for coming here and listening. Uh, And you guys all have a great day.